0: welcome to the kinja's podcast here we will discuss dance life and whatever the f**k we want
1: folks today in the pod we have smack mccreener Man, today's episode was so fun. This is actually the first time I've ever sat down with Smack and had a real conversation. And I was actually pleasantly surprised. I didn't know what kind of energy to expect, but it was actually the best kind of energy. I would say, okay, you and I, and we know a lot of positive people. A lot who, of positive people. You know, bring good energy. But I feel like Smack's outlook, her mindset about how she approaches her creativity, her artistry, her life, and just everything in general. It She has this outlook of like everything will work itself out no matter how good or how bad it can get. Just sitting here talking to her for like an hour plus or so, I was like, no, nah, you're really about this life. Literally, her outlook on
0: work, career, life My pers- is my personal new 2023 goals. Like, <laughs> I think if more people adopted the way that she, you know, just sees and understands the way life should be lived i bet you we live in a much better society i'll tell you that right right now that sounds all crazy but like you wonder why you know she has gone to the heights that she's gone to is as successful as she is and is as viral or as just you you can't not smile or be entertained when you watch her content as well so i mean i think you'll get it and, and we get a chance to be honored to take a deeper dive into this conversation with her
1: Let's get it. Folks, welcome back or welcome to Kinja's Movement in the Shadows. We are your hosts, Ben. And Anthony. And as always, we have an amazing guest in the pod today. Today we have actress, dancer, artist, choreographer, and content creator. You may recognize her from So You Think You Can Dance, Season 16, and Dancing With Myself, Season 1. In 2022, she was named an inaugural honoree of Meta's Creators of Tomorrow wow. for Creative Excellence, Whoa. Adweek's Creative Top 100, and was featured as an artist at the TED Talk 22. You've seen her funny, quirky, straight, joy-giving content all over TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Today, we have Sarah Smack McCreener hey. in the pod. Hey. Goodness.
2: Be-be-be-beam. Wow. Did that... that-
1: Intro make you uncomfortable. I pulled that straight off of your website. I know. I thought whatever was on there, either you wrote it or someone else did. So it was me. Okay, good. The only (laughs) thing that made
0: me uncomfortable was the fact that this is my first time learning her name is Sarah. Yeah, I I felt
2: uncomfortable. I usually forget that
1: up. I figured your name, your real name, wasn't smack. Well, wow! Where, where did like where did smack come from? What is well, the well
2: Sarah Mac? <laughs> ah,
1: it's it so sense. boring. We yeah. are yeah. yeah. geniuses in here. There it is. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I did that when I was like nine years old. Um, there was a lot of Sarahs in my dance class, and I thought, right, I've got to figure something out. So you were out. smack
1: since nine years old? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that's
2: Cool. Wait, like in Australia, you usually go by your last name anyway, or a nickname of some kind. Mm-hmm. And I literally remember sitting at the kitchen table and like writing down variations, and I was like, this one, smack, and then I wrote it on all my school books. Stuck. S- and, um, spelled
0: the way S-M-A-C yeah
2: and that was it
0: that's like that's already like hip hop already you
2: know, I know right? I thought I thought it was a hip hop I didn't even know what hip hop was back then oh
1: okay
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think okay. I know what it is now Anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Smack, thank you so much for coming through the thank pod. You. As we love to do with our first time guests is to get to know you a little bit deeper into the origins of where Smack comes from. So however deep you want to go, walk us through your your origin story.
2: Okay. Well, I am Australian and now I live in LA. That's pretty much it. <laughs> That's it. The end. Um, I guess so. In, in Australia, I grew up, I was super shy and I didn't like talking at all, even to my family, I was terrified of everything. So my mom put me in dance class and I hated it. And um, and then eventually I loved it at some <laughs> How point. How old were you when she put you in dance I was five, class. I missed that missed that point. I was five, I did tap classes. I remember like she paid for like a whole term or like however many weeks and I was sitting in the corner crying. And I like really remember this, I hated it. I was like, I don't like these people. I don't like anything. And um, <laughs> so I just remember crying, but then by the end of the term we had like a performance and it was in a, a shopping mall, and I got a costume, and I was on stage, and there's a video of this, and I just kind of knew what I was doing somehow, and then we did it twice, and then my dance teacher comes, and she like pushed me to the front, and then I was just like, but yeah, so, so you remember um, the
0: choreography like that?
2: Well, there's a video, oh, so okay. I don't know if I can. Take and then, you, it and then that's like the
0: moment once you were actually on stage, like some some sort of X Factor kicked in.
2: I don't know if it was that. Apparent, but I guess my mom paid for more classes and I uh, stayed.
1: <laughs> well, how did you go from hating it to loving it?
2: Um. Wow, that's deep. I don't remember that specifically. <laughs> yeah, we're trying
1: to keep it shallow on this show. Yeah, got man. I this was surface
2: bad. level only. Um, I think there was a clear moment where I realized I loved everything to do with performing.
1: Mm-hmm. And that was probably
2: when I was like eight or nine years old. And everything I did inspiration-wise came like from comedy. So it was just um, some Australian comedians or even like Mr. Bean, Three Stooges and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I just started imitating them as a kid and just playing around in my lounge room with my friend. We would create our own little performances like most kids do like playing dress-ups and then we did at some like talent shows and people just kept laughing so I'm like oh that's fun and then our dance teacher this is kind of crazy but our dance teacher just let us do our own performances at competition so she's like that's cool you can do that at the competition like you
0: choreographed it yourself you picked your own music you yeah. picked your own costume and everything like it was that. Our,
2: our Halloween talent show we did like a Tweedledee Tweedledum thing with me my my best friend at the time and we did it at competitions all around our like city and then just kept winning. So we're like, oh, we were like eight That's year olds and we're like, this is fun. So, so
1: the the director of your studio is just kind of like, yeah, let, yep. let's just, you guys I'm just do whatever. I'm imagining
0: like an old director, like holding like a glass of wine, smoking a cigarette, not caring anymore. Like <laughs> definitely yeah, the children, cigarette, whatever, definitely. do whatever <laughs> your show you want. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, it was- Give bottle of wine. <laughs> I, like I can only really compare it to what I've seen, like studio, cause it's like a typical dance studio. Um, American versions of that are way more strict than what I grew up with. This was like, I didn't do ballet. We just did tap and jazz and they let us play. It was very much like focusing on performance. I was the kid that like, that like setting, I was kind of the only one that could do some acrobatic tricks. So she would always be like, oh yeah, like you just go across the front do whatever you want there. And I'm like, okay. So then I would like start doing flips or whatever. And I just taught myself that, but then there was a part where, um, it was like a novelty routine, like musical theater vibes. And then she's like, yeah, you can do your thing at the front. And for some reason, I don't know why I did this. I just imagine I had a banana and did like the banana peel fall. And she never told me not to do it. So I kept doing it. So then like anytime I would have a little solo moment for competition dances, I would do something like that.
0: But it, the intention was like comedy. You just yeah. like enjoyed kind of like the entertainment of making people laugh or like making yourself laugh. And stuff it was like that honestly making myself
2: laugh. I didn't really think about other people laughing. I was just like, I thought it was funny. And that was it. No one was telling me to do anything else. So I just kept doing it.
0: Mm, that's amazing. It that's, was the
2: freedom that was like.
0: Yeah, that's probably the di- the main difference right there between like American dance schools. They'd be mm. like, don't do the banana. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's forbidden. You got to win.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, unless your foot is pointed or something. But yeah, for some reason, the freedom was really there. Yeah, they just let me like play. So I was really lucky with that.
0: I, I don't know if this is fast forwarding too much. Was uh, Was dance specifically the reason why you moved to America?
2: Um, not really. I think my first professional audition in Australia was for the this stage production of How to Train Your Dragon. Astrid. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so that was just a damn fluke, honestly, because they auditioned around the world. Like they auditioned in LA a bunch of times. They went to like Paris, London, everywhere. And I think I was seventeen when I auditioned, and I didn't know like because it hadn't been done before. It's a stage uh, version of the movie. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really know what I was auditioning for, they just...
0: So was this like a, like a theater role versus just like a dancer? Yeah, it anything? wasn't
2: dancing at all. This oh. was like acting and then stunt work. So like fighting dragons and stuff. But I actually had to fly in a state to do the audition. And then I didn't hear anything back until six months later. And they're like, you got a call back. And I was like, what? That's still going? Because I had flown around the world to audition. It was like really, I don't know why it was so intense. But yeah, that was just like, a, that was a fluke, honestly.
1: Was there any acting experience that you had prior to auditioning for this?
2: Um, I guess so, like theater, yeah, I'd done that. And then the dance studio I did grow up at also had a drama department. It was mostly just playing games (laughs) and dress ups, but (laughs) I've always felt just like very comfortable doing whatever on stage. So I was never like, I don't know why I didn't have that kind of like insecurity of like, oh, now I'm trying acting. I was just like, okay, Mm. give me the script.
1: You said you were shy as a kid. You didn't mm-hmm. like, you said you didn't even like talking to your family. I'm always interested when people who they identify as being shy, but they have this very, you know, other person that comes out when it comes to performance. Was there something or somebody that encouraged you as you were being yourself, as you were having fun? Was there somebody kind of in your corner like, hey, it's working, you're doing a good job. Like, what was that thing that made you feel like yeah, it's fun for yourself, but then there's yeah. gotta be something that makes you feel like, I wanna keep doing this because, is it just because it's fun or is it because you feel like you're getting positive reinforcement from people?
2: I think I definitely was getting validated at these dance competitions because mm-hmm. I was walking away as the winner. And I was like, okay, well, yeah. that's a, I mean, this is a very local competition. Um, it's not at anything like what I would see, you know, on TV with like American dance studios. But that was enough validation for me to be like, okay, I'll do it next week again. Like it just made me keep going. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, so I I feel like I, I learned about this recently and I don't know enough about it, but I think I had selective mutism, which is when you just like, don't talk to certain people for whatever reason. And I think I had that possibly even still now, but I think that's why dance made it so much easier for me to just express because I didn't have to speak. So I was always super comfortable moving, but as soon as someone came to a room, I'm like, <laughs> like, I just mm-hmm. couldn't talk. I couldn't mm-hmm. talk to my parents. Like school, I was really quiet. Yeah, I was just kind of always thinking of other things. And I, I don't know why I wasn't very good at conversation. I honestly feel like I only really learned how to do that in the last like five years. Ryan Holt, He <laughs> he's wow. very good at talking. He's like a great therapist. So um, yeah, but I feel like I've always, if anything, I'm way stronger just being physical and performing, that's fine. But if it was talking, I was always like, Uh, oh, I'll figure that out later. So mm. I feel like, yeah. And
1: you've been in LA for, you said, how, how long? Yeah, 10 years. 10 years.
2: Like next week, I think. Wow.
1: wow. Happy
0: anniversary. Thanks. Okay, so, yeah. so going back to the timeline, you yeah. booked this How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, you came to LA to audition for it. You hear about it six months later. And then was that the thing that catapulted you being like, I got to go to LA and keep this up? Like
2: No. Okay, this is so embarrassing, but whatever. Um, I didn't know Hollywood was in LA. I didn't know what that was. I just didn't know. I was like, I've heard of Hollywood and I've probably heard of LA from movies, but I didn't know anything about America or this industry at all. But the show that I did, it was a tour. So we went around Australia, New Zealand, um, Canada, and then also USA. And then it just happened that this sounds a little bit morbid, but we all got fired when we were in Anaheim because the DreamWorks sold the show to China. So we were all just sitting there we're like, oh, okay, well, I guess this is it. So that was the end of my contract. It was meant to be indefinite and then it just kind of ended suddenly. Uh, but I had a visa, a work visa, and um, I had enough money saved up. And then at the last performance, someone from MSA Dance Agency saw the show and then they were kind of just doing the the agency thing, they're like, oh, mm-hmm. if anyone, like, because it was a very international cast, like, if anyone wants to move here, we can talk about sponsorship. And so I caught the train to their office the next day and signed. And I was like, someone saw me perform. You said sponsorship. And then they're like, okay. And I signed a contract with them and then looked on Craigslist and found an apartment and then just moved here So when next you, day. So when
0: you got let go or fired in Anaheim, you just didn't ever go back home?
2: No, yeah. Well, we had, like, two weeks, I think. We got fired when we were in like San Fran and then the the contract ended at Anaheim though. But yeah, I didn't go home. I just came to LA the next day.
0: Whoa. Yeah. Hmm. That's that's kinda wild.
2: Yeah, it was yeah. it was kinda wild. Um I <laughs> I always like I don't really talk about this too publicly because I don't want the person to find out. But I um I'm very I, I get motivated by like one thing sometimes and it just makes me change my life. And I saw this person online and friends of mine were like, you know, Australian friends, like, oh, there's some Aussies in, in L.A., you should connect with them, which is like a great thing to do. And I didn't connect with this person, but they, I got their name. So I looked online and I saw that they were like, I'm a professional dancer in L.A. And I researched the hell out of them and I was like, that's all it takes. Okay, I'll do this tomorrow.
1: <laughs> that is why I moved here. <laughs> Wow. <laughs>
2: Thank you, person.
1: <laughs> well, so what's, no, their, what's their first like, and
2: last name? <laughs> yeah, no way. Not saying that they weren't, like, they're still working today. They're not, like, not professional, yeah. but I was like, oh, that's easy. Okay.
1: Did you ever connect with this person?
2: Kind of, but not really. <laughs> okay.
1: So yeah. this person was your motivator. And, yeah. And yeah. does this person know that? No. Wow. That's interesting. No,
2: they would never know. But that's like, it, sometimes it, it just takes that one thing for me to be like, okay, cool. Challenge accepted. And I don't really like – I never put pressure on myself or anything. I'm just like, eh.
0: And at that point, were you like in your mind settled? Like you're like, I'm going to be a performer or entertainer or – like, where were you at age 18, you know, doing yeah. How to Train Your Dragon?
2: I was 20 by that point. So we toured for two oh, years. Oh, you were doing it for two yeah. years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, or where, where were you
0: mentally in terms of, like, what oh. you were planning on doing for your career? Because, like, kind of, like, on yeah. a whim type of, like, oh, dang, I just got let go and I'm in this country that's not my native country. I'm just going to stay here. That's pretty wild. <laughs> I'm just going to say. Yeah, but you, again, but you
2: only need to see one person doing it to be like, oh, it's easy. Okay. <laughs> But that's what I'm saying, did you ever have,
0: uh, you already had sites or or, or like the idea of like pursuing entertainment in LA?
2: No, I never thought about coming to LA. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't have a care about it even because I was like, I just was fine doing whatever. Um, So I think I've, I still to this day don't really have goals. And that's really helped me. Never be disappointed in anything I've ever done. That's that's a social
0: media soundbite right there. To this day, I don't have goals. I just
2: don't. Like, I have things I'm like, oh, that would be cool. And I've achieved things that I didn't think I would, but I'm like, oh, that was like a cool milestone. And now I want to like work on it to get the next milestone. But I really don't have long term goals. I think it's also a family thing. My family have never asked what I'm doing or like have never expected anything from me. So I've, it's always been very independent. So my choice completely. But hearing other people say like, oh, I'm going to LA and it's like, this is it. Like, if it doesn't work out, I don't know what to do. I think that pressure is like what can set you up for a mm, lot of disappointment. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Are you, You're not very close with your family?
2: Uh, not really. I mean, they're really far, so, mm-hmm. you know, but um, no, I think we just didn't have a tight knit family growing up. Mm. Um, we're very, just like do our own thing. But I also think that that's like been really helpful For me to, like, I just feel like no one's ever limited me in any way. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that that could have helped shaped where I'm going, but it also is like, I just don't really care what people, Mm. (laughs) what they think, because I don't think they think that much. I mean, they're like proud. I still talk to them, but they never were like, make sure you finish school. I think I was the first person in my family to finish high school. Oh, so wow. it's not like...
1: Was that the extent of school, high school, and then I was it? I
2: did university. I went to uni for like, or college for um a couple of years to do visual art. I was doing an art major because uh, I thought that was the easiest. And <laughs> um in Australia, it's it's kind of at that point was cheap enough and affordable enough for me to do that because I had spare time. I wasn't going there because I enjoy school, but I had the time to do it. And then I quit when I got How to Train a Dragon. So I was like, well, so I'm a dropout. drop out, but... Yeah, no one made me do school or anything like that. That was like, no one expected anything mm-hmm. for me to do anything. I don't know this what they- This is thing. a
0: super unique story. <laughs> in Very. terms of like how the the building blocks add up and yeah. where they
1: end up leading to. It's like, that is really unique. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's, yeah it's a bit weird.
1: I, I mean, I don't mean any offense by this, but for whatever <laughs> reason, the word that comes to mind when I hear you speak is, or the term is free spirit. And I know some, some people don't like that term. Or, Why? You know, What's I, right? yeah. I don't know. I, I thought you were going to say something way worse. No, no. I mean, well, <laughs> you know, I, I guess like pe- people may... <laughs> you sound like an idiot. No, I think people kind of interpret that as like free spirit is like... Uh, like you don't have your shit together. Yeah, you don't have yeah. any, no plans. You just kind of go well, with the wind. And it's yeah. kind of like you're like a carefree person. Um, but I, I'm not defining it in that way. I think like... You know, I think it's so easy to get caught up, especially with, you know, uh, social media kind of creates this like hustle culture of Mm. vision boards and 10-year plans and, you know, daily routines that like you have to stick by and and those who succeed all kind of follow this like similar format of life. Like, I don't feel this any sense from you where you're like, oh, maybe I should be a little bit more like you know, make plans and do this or that. You're like, no, if I'm like know, this, I'm just going to go home. But
2: I don't know why that is. Because that is normal to be like, I don't know, <laughs> worried or whatever, like um, 30. But mm. for some reason, I've very much just always been relaxed. I don't know if that's just like an my crazy, annoying ego just being like, ah, it'll be fine no matter what. But that is something I tell myself I'm like yeah It's fine no matter what
0: Well I mean you know You are a creator And and that is maybe Like a 2023 way Of saying like artist You know what I mean Mm -hmm. Like if we were all Just chilling in like The 1700s Like the way that you Would be Dishing out content (laughs) That's like an artist You know what I'm saying And I say that Because I feel like sometimes uh great art doesn't come from the, the schedule you know what I mean pre-planning when you're gonna make a masterpiece or anything like that when you mm-hmm. get hit with something you do it when you don't want to do something you sometimes don't you mope around in your emotion in order to like feel it out and do the next thing um but like I when I see what you do obviously it's I don't see um like Tell a, a form us. no shut <laughs> <up>. <laughs> I don't see like a formula like other people yeah. might have that do like similar things in the social media content space or anything. Everything that you do is like clearly an in, uh, invention in your mind. You're just who else is getting the hydraulic presses? You know what I'm saying? And just like I don't know, I don't know why no one's jumping on that. Just- you know, it, it's not <laughs> it's not like she's doing a certain type of trend. She, if anything, she's creating trends or right. just doing something unique. And I think those things are like. Um, they're very artist of you. Mm. You know, like to kinda of like just take it as it comes and then do what you feel. Like I, I that's my like tipping it off to like that's an artist that's, at work, you know?
2: I really feel like that's how I've been since I was a kid. And so my way of thinking and creating has never changed. I I've only developed extra skills that add to it I guess. But like, yeah, I've never changed the way I before we get anything. too ahead of
0: ourselves in like the philosophy of it, like, <laughs> would you be able to explain almost like in terms of the timeline, like how? Because we definitely consider you successful, so I'm just going to use the, the term success. Uh, Obviously, <laughs> how did you kind of like rise to this level of success? Like, what were the things? Was
2: it
0: like okay, whether it be the discovery of a hydraulic press on this yeah. one day to whatever it is that kind of like built up that story for you?
2: Well, I think backstory because I don't know. Maybe this helps, but. Ever since I was a kid, I've loved um, short form content vibes, even though I didn't know what content was back then. So creating stuff, as soon as I got a camera, I was always constantly creating things by myself with my friends. I was always telling people what to do. Um, Editing, I've always loved it so much. Uh, And then I realized at probably like 15 years old that the best way to describe the weird stuff in my head is to put it under the umbrella of an artist. So that's when I started doing... Visual art as my major at high school and stuff because I was like, oh cool. I can get away with anything great So my my assignments would be like I love photography as well photography video editing um, mixed media I Attempted some drawing stuff. I'm not good at it But then I was like, oh The easiest thing for me to do is performance art and it was always me making fun of it so even back then at high school for my like final assignment was me doing a performance piece And I was like, this is just so easy. (laughs) And Hmm. I will always do the easiest option if that's there because I'm lazy. Fast forward, that's why content creating is effortless for me, not saying it looks effortless, but for me, like I really feel like I don't have to put much effort into it. It's just all fun and games.
1: So I I, I would say for the average Joe listener out there, which is me, (laughs) this can sound very like, who is this person like? How does this person exist? I only know of a couple of people that I feel like they'll say they don't really train, they don't really practice, but they just always have it. Would you categorize yourself as someone that trains? like do you take classes? like do you pr- like what does your practicing regimen look like? How do you how does Smack practice her craft?
2: Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I hate. Quality.
1: Wait, see, the thing is, I think there's
0: there's one underlying tone in her nonchalance and humility that I feel like needs to be highlighted. And it's like, you know, I don't train. I don't have, like, this type of goal or this structure. I'm doing it in an atypical way that blah, 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 blah. But the, the thing that I'm, like, holding on to is, like, the um, you're willing to get on stage when you're young and, and win and then get on the next one. Or, like, when you got fi- – or you're willing to fly across the world to do an audition, like, that's already a bigger step. That's 95% of the game, whether you have the talent or the look or the whatever, the the juice. Like, are you willing to go across the world for something that you kind of mm-hmm. want to do, even if it's fun, right? When you get fired, you're willing to stay in the country or like you hear about somebody being like, oh, we'll sponsor you sort of, you know, because, you know, and then she jumps on a train the next day and goes. Or, like, jumping into a Craigslist and being like, I'm going to submit myself. Like, that's that's the battle. <laughs> that's the talent right, right there. You, right, know, you yeah, might yeah. not have a game plan or this and that, but how many people can get off their butt and actually, like, right. go
1: for it, you know? Right. And that's what I'm seeing. Yeah. That that leads me to another question then. Like, how do you deal with or process failure? <laughs> See that's the magic. That's real mean, magic. magic. Yeah, that's the well, t- you don't
0: need too. practice yeah, if yeah. you have that mentality. If you're literally like a go getter, like hey, I want to do this and it's fun. Boom. Right. And then if you fail at it, you're like, nah. That's it,
1: that's right. literally the recipe mm. for success. Yeah, yeah, because you have a, such a quick bounce back.
2: I think that's the thing. Like, I I've only ever cried over one job, and um, it was because it was a commercial I was on a veil vale for uh, to work with freaking Steve Carell, and I didn't oh. know that until I saw the ad, and I was like, are you kidding me? I would be working with Steve Carell. Wow, okay. And then I cried, but I was also laughing crying. Like I wasn't like actually <laughs> depressed about it. Yeah, I I uh, I don't really give myself pep talks or anything. I don't really have anything to like like I'm not deep in that way where I'm like, make sure you get your head together. I don't know. Mm. I don't even know how to even Do, explain does it. Does
1: anything at all discourage you? Like what are the no. things that can actually get you down? Nothing?
2: I don't think so. I think that's where I have this like very quiet but very loud. Confidence. I don't know where it you came don't even from. have
1: pet peeves.
2: Well, about myself or about other anything. people, <laughs> anything. yeah. Oh my god, I have pet peeves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about
0: every, yeah. but
2: it doesn't discourage me ory from ory. creating <laughs> <laughs> for some reason. I can't think, and I've had a lot of rejection that's normal, right? Like every day, but I can't remember a time where it made me stop anything ever. Mm. I don't know I, why. Straight
0: out, out of everybody that sat in that chair and we've talked on this pod. I covet that mentality more than anybody Mm. else's hard work. Mm And, you know, the ability to like not really be bothered by stuff, to be able to like laugh off failure and also just constantly have that like, not just like this overbearing drive and ambition to do something like, but also the, the joy in it. You know what I mean? To be Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm I'm swiping because this is fun to me. Right. You know what I mean? Like if I could hold on to that kind of mentality, I feel like everything would be not easy to get success, but like. Everything would be joyful, so therefore mm. I'd be in a state of success. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, like that. We we've had amazingly talented, successful people sit there, but for me personally, I would want to resonate with that mentality the most mm. to get to where I wanted to get to.
2: And like I sometimes I you know have a little bit of a think about it to myself, and I'm like, that's weird, but man, I love it. So <laughs> I don't know how it happened like <laughs> yeah. that. I don't know who yeah. taught me that way. I right. don't know. Why it came about. I think it's just, it really, I think part of it really might be because I was never doing anything to anyone else's expectations and mm-hmm. I had no standard set for me by anyone. So, like, even if it's just your mom or your dad being like, oh, it's a shame you didn't win that competition. I didn't have that. So, mm-hmm. like, if I didn't win, I just, I don't even remember. It's just like, I don't know how it happened, but I've, Actively tried to keep it that way, for sure. Cause... Did
1: you ever have like uh, a job or something? <laughs> never. That, <laughs> never. So you've never No, even... I did.
2: I thought you were just, I just, never no, mind. My... No,
1: no, no. What, what, no I mean, I... what I mean by where I was going is like like a job that you're like, man, I hate this. Like, why am oh. I here? And you know what I mean? Like that moment where you like, you realize this is not for me and I got to yeah. leave this.
2: Yeah, but it um, wasn't something I can complain about. It was more about like, huh, dance rehearsals are- they're long. I don't want to do this. That was me. Cause I'm mm-hmm. lazy. So I think, um, when it comes to me being a professional dancer, when I feel like I, you might've asked this before, I didn't really answer it, but when I moved to LA, I didn't have any mindset on like what I want to be. I knew I could dance probably well enough to get a job. Um, I just knew I liked stuff. So <laughs> that was it. Like I have never thought, Oh, I need to be a professional dancer. The one thing I knew i for some reason, didn't want to do, and things have changed, but like, this is, you know, a decade ago, I was very, um, for some reason, and I don't know why I thought this either, because I did not grow up in any side, like, any kind of, um, conscious thought of this, but like, I just did not want to have any type of sex appeal that could be used against me, so I was very conscious about if, like, I'm not going to do a heels class, I don't want anyone to have footage of that, and I don't know why I had that feeling or that thought, I was like, worried that I would be perceived in the wrong way. And it might be because back then I would judge other people about it. Mm. So I think that was like, I don't know, cause usually people might think like that if they're like maybe have a religious background but I have nothing like that. So for some reason, somewhere along the lines, I found out or I was taught that that's a bad thing to like sell your body in that way. So I think when it came to dance, when I came to LA, I saw that that was the majority of work and I was like, oh, well, I don't want to do that. So I'm going to have to just do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying I didn't do some of that, but like there were some things that pushed it too far that if I booked a job, there was one time I turned it down and I was like, mm, I don't want to dress like that for, for that. Like it's not worth it to me. So I think when I moved to LA, I never wanted to be a backup dancer and it wasn't because there's anything wrong with it. I'm just like, huh, that's a lot of work. <laughs> <No names. laughs> um, I, it might have been also a coping mechanism for if I didn't make it. So I tell myself, I'm like, well, I don't really need to do that and I don't want to do it. If I got the opportunity, who knows? But mm. like I kind of didn't even go to the audition for it. Mm-hmm. I did like once for Britney Spears and the Cattle audition, maybe not want to go back. <laughs> I was like, this is not fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think um, I didn't even dwell on that. It was just like, okay, cool. And then I would go on Craigslist and look for an acting job.
1: Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girl? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. You know, as I'm hearing you talk about like you having this like agency for yourself to pick and choose what you want to do, I mean, as you put it, you don't really necessarily train in any particular type of way, but your training is you doing what you do all yeah. the time. That's your training. in right? like that you, case,
2: I trained 24 7 seven I'm doing yeah. yeah.
1: like you're sharpening the the knife that you uniquely hold, yeah. but like you're doing that constantly, therefore that that knife keeps getting sharper and sharper.
2: Yeah. I think that was the main thing. Like, uh, I guess just before the pandemic, like my first taste, I love social media. I've always been on it since I had access to it. Um, posting every day since I was like, however old, but what kind of changed the game for me was the first taste of like viral vibe was when I did So You Think and Dance, my audition was uploaded by So You Think and Dance and that went viral. And I was like, oh, okay. That was the first time that I actually put my own work out there as an adult in L- in America, because everything else I'd done, like that wasn't a new thing for me. I just hadn't done it in that in this decade yet because I was always doing other people's work. I didn't have time to do my own. So when I did So You Think You Dance, I, was, I think I was like 26 when I did that. So that's kind of old for that show. And I went in there already having a professional career to an extent under my belt. So I deliberately did that to to show what I would wanna do. I didn't wanna do like other people's dancing. or So it's like, let me just play and see what happens. And thankfully it was accepted in a good way because it really could have been me mocking the show. And I was worried about that, <laughs> but not worried enough to not do it. But yeah, once I got that, then I realized that people were drawn to just me as like whatever I was thinking or whatever I created. So then that definitely pushed me to do social media more. Mm. And then since then, that was 2019 or 18. Um, and then the pandemic was when I really, that's when I downloaded TikTok and I had space cause I, um, me and Ryan had the, the studio business. All I needed was space. These ideas are old. These are like, this is what I've been thinking my whole life. I just didn't have access to space and a setup where I could execute the ideas whenever I wanted. So when I had the studio space, I was, I've ever since I've been filming 24 <laughs> seven and I've just been like knocking out these ideas like every day
0: yeah see that's crazy because everything that we've been talking about we we just started to, to hit the nail on the social media stuff you, you you got over two million followers on tiktok you know what i mean you definitely blew up in, in you said 2018 2019 that's a short amount of time you know what i mean to have like a very very predominantly large kind of face of like who you are in your career kind of like take off number one how did you really get into that flow and then also like what's What's come about for your life since, you know, doing all that?
2: Well, the opportunity has been mind-blowing, so I'll get to that in a second. But the flow was there immediate from day one because, like I said, this isn't, like, a new thing that I was trying. It was just I had the space to do it. I literally just needed a room where I could film because my old apartment, I didn't have that, and I don't want to do this outside in public, and I work completely by myself, so I don't want to have people helping me. Like, I just like to do it all by myself. Um, So when – when I started filming, I literally was filming um, every single day and uploading every single day. The first viral thing that I got on TikTok um, was me comparing um, Australian and American words, and it was just me talking, and I did a whole series of that, um, and then that blew up, and then the next thing was I I got a moped, and so I was writing about practicing, and I had a helmet, and I started dancing with my helmet on, and that got (laughs) picked up, and then people didn't know that was the same person, And then I got picked up because I did, I don't know, whatever was next, but I've always worked in bunches of series. And for like, I would say a year or maybe even two, it felt like they were very separate and people didn't know that this was the same person. And then there was like a moment where it clicked where the growth went crazy for for me anyway, in what I would, in my opinion. Um, And I think people started to realize this was the same person. And then, then the hydraulic stuff came. That was later. So I kind of already had on TikTok at least a, a like a good amount of numbers. So then when I thought of that idea, and it's like I don't really ever sit and think. I don't have sessions where I'm like, let me think of ideas. It's just whenever all the time. I'm just always thinking about really weird shit. Um, and that was just an immediate thing. I just saw a video of the hydraulic press, and I'm like, oh, it looks like a dance. Cool. And then I filmed it. <sighs> And then when I filmed it though, like I, I give myself, this is where my ego comes in. I'm like, that's a good idea. I'll film at least 10 in one day. Cause I know that I can then like upload them in the next two weeks mm. and I'm not predicting it to go well, but for me, I was having a blast. I thought that was funny as hell. So I'm like, let me film a bunch of these. But then that one is absolutely what like took the whole social media thing to another different level that I didn't expect. And it's still going, I don't know why that joke is still going, <laughs> but I'll milk it until someone really has a problem with it. Um, <laughs> it's funny, because I've been working with a lot of um, influencers at the moment, like I, even yesterday I was in a meeting, because I'm kind of in a way working with Meta, like that is one of the opportunities that has now
1: mm-hmm. somehow
2: come here, where they're pushing me as a creator. And I'm like, the heck? The platform that, like, it's the platform itself and now wanting to work with me in that way. I'm like, that is something I never, ever wouldn't have gotten from, like, just doing a catacall audition mm. as a backup dancer. Like, right. that was, like, this was a very unique situation just because I put the time and effort into uploading videos. And it's nonsense what I'm uploading. So I'm like, it's not even really skill-based. It's just I'm there. But because I'm around a lot of influencers now and the mentality I often hear is, like, People will wake up and they're like stressed about, oh, what should I film today? What can I film? I have to upload by this time. Like you have to do that. And that's something, again, where my carefree, (laughs) I don't give a damn mentality has really helped me because I've never given myself deadlines. I've never given myself a strategy. Well, I guess I have a strategy, but I'd never give myself a schedule. Like I don't even know what it feels like to wake up and be like, oh, I have to post by this time and I don't have an idea. Like I don't want to put myself in that situation because I know I'd hate it.
1: But do you so wake up and you just have the ideas? You just wake up like, oh, this is what I want to do today. And that like it's yeah. consistently every day that just happens.
2: Yeah, I'm not saying I'm like have this amazing bucket of ideas up here. But yeah, to an extent, it's just if I think of an idea, I just film it immediately, usually. But I have, have a long list. However, my main thing is repurpose footage because I upload old videos every single day. I'm like, yo, I'm lazy. You keep saying that you're lazy. Dream. So, well, I mean, in,
1: in my head, that you you're the opposite of lazy. You you do you do what you do every single day. You say you you kind of never really shut off. Yeah, I think I by what you're defining lazy is like you just don't want to do a certain type of work that people consider like, well, that's the kind of work that you need to do to become successful. You're like, nah, yeah. I'm not gonna do that. I'm just gonna do my version of work, which is not lazy. But you're just like, I don't want to do that. So yeah. you're defining that. Okay, but like. <laughs> you not having a shortage of ideas or creativity, like you you sound as if it just comes to you naturally. Does this come in and of yourself or does this come by way of inspiration? Do you study a certain type of thing that you feel like kind, kind of keeps fueling your inspiration pool? Like are you a, a craft of, or do you study any particular craft?
2: Um, not intentionally. I think it's very observational stuff. Um. Music, obviously I'm super inspired by that. I have a series where I break down music where it's very, and I do it in a way where it's like, a dancer could appreciate it, but it's more for the general public. So it's kind yeah, of- Yeah, the
0: vocals versus yeah. the music, yeah, So dope. Yeah. And
2: that's something I used to do as a kid. Like that's like, I've that's how I hear music. I feel like that's how a lot of dancers probably, like we can break that down easily, but the general public are surprised by it. And so when it's like, I'm used to having my friends and my community act like that and understand that like we don't have to talk about it when the general public sees that and they're like oh my god I never thought of just dancing to the vocals I'm like man I didn't That's <laughs> I didn't even think about that so then it's almost like the one idea I have I can now break down into a hundred ideas and I'm like well that's my month of work mm-hmm. right there
0: again I take it back to that earlier thing where because even sitting down and just like waking up and having ideas I feel like I, too, like, just randomly have ideas. But the difference is, like, I don't even act on – I get in the way of myself sometimes. Mm. I'm like, I don't know if that's going to work. Or, like, oh, that's going to – if I wanted to do that right, I would have to blah, blah, blah. Or, like, well, I got to focus on this other thing. That's not necessarily going to perpetuate. You know what I mean? I might have, like, 50 things. That's how I used
2: to be. Yeah,
0: block out something from making me start.
2: But you know what? The reason that changed for me is because I – and TikTok did this because it's very experimental over there, at least when I first started on it and the the standard is so low that's why I started being able to upload my ideas immediately because I didn't have to rehearse with people I didn't have to hire a DP because I used to be that I wanted like that I love the quality of that high level production is I love it but TikTok is the absolute opposite and it thrives on that and I was like oh man they just made it so much easier for me And so that became my branding deliberately because I realized how much easier it is to execute. And I'm like, well, then I'm going to make sure that that's all I have to do. (laughs) So I feel like I used to get my, but then all those ideas I had in the last decade or whatever, I have them written down. So now I'm looking at them thinking, how can I execute it in a social media way immediately? And then I can Mm. pull from that. So don't lose those ideas. No, 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 no.
0: I, I, I'm just applauding the again, just the 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 no nonsense. Like, hey, yeah. I want to do this. I'm gonna do it. It's fun. Or I just thought about this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for it. Like that. That is again the the quality and the juice that I think is really the most important thing that leads to like success for a lot of people. Not totally. just the uniqueness of of you. Obviously, you're brilliant and, and creative in the way that you do things. But again, I'm just so much more like, dang, the mentality. Of, of, of being able to just be like, "I'm gonna do this. Like that's cool. that's mm-hmm. that's the power to me,
2: yeah, but like now that I'm thinking about it for real, social media is what this is like the part in my career that is now growing. And I think it's because social media really has so much room for anything. and like it, does, it yeah. doesn't have to look good. And that right. was what would stop me all the time. Like even if it came to just doing a dance video for Instagram like five years ago, I'd be like, oh, First of all, I don't have the space for it, and then like I want to choreograph this. I want to make sure it looks good because a choreographer could look at it. Now I'm like, it doesn't even matter, man. Look what everyone's doing online. We all look stupid, so I'm just gonna <laughs> join in.
0: Yeah, it really, it really doesn't matter. Same thing. Like there's times where, and and we all know it in here too. We work our asses off on like this, like higher production, like artistic routine. It's like you know. 20,000 views or something stupid like that. Then we joke around, we do something really, really dumb, that thing goes viral, you know, and and that's just the same nature. I think the relatability of like what, you know, the mass kind of population can actually fathom versus something so far away like a high-end production that's like shot in a really dope spot doing like really, really intricate or difficult dance choreography. It's like, it's not, it's visually nice, but it's not necessarily relatable, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, But the idea of like somebody doing something like drinking cranberry juice and skating down the freeway or something that like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, I know what that feels like, or mm-hmm. I know, you know, yeah. and that's the thing that's kind of like viral. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Social media is just that place where anything can happen.
2: Yeah. It's such it. And I feel like I'm just practicing every day. Like I, I've seen myself and it's kind of cool because now I've documented every frigging thing that right. I've ever done in the last three years. But like, I'm seeing how things are changing for me, how I'm like, I have a format that works for me. And, um, that was all just through experimenting.
1: Um, you know, uh, you're we're, you're talking so much about. I mean, we're we're talking about a lot of like career related things, right? And and uh, and how you creatively approach your career and kind of make it on your own terms. Though you say you don't really have like, you know, these like ten year goals and things like that, but you work hard. Doing what you love to do, so probably doesn't feel like work, but you, you know you, you are creating a future for yourself, and you know we all have some version of success that we're sort of chasing. But the beautiful thing about it, and, and you know every guest that sits in that seat will have their own definition of success. Um, how would you define success?
2: I think for me, it's probably just like if I'm happy, then I feel very successful. Like I love being relaxed. Um, I love the freedom. So like if oh man before pandemic I was super busy with not that this is bad this is like a goal as well but I was really busy with multiple agencies doing auditions all day long it was it was a lot so I I didn't get to nap and I was like I don't like that um <laughs> Got it, yeah. and then I also didn't have time to create so the pandemic kind of really shifted it I think it did that for a lot of artists and creators like it kind of made you realize like where you kind of want to prioritize a bit more so now I I've relaxed into that mode, I don't wanna leave it. So yeah, I think I I feel successful in the sense that I'm like, this is happy. I'm really, I'm comfortable, I'm content and I have the freedom, which is, however, could be very temporary. So I'm gonna live in it right now. Um, Goals wise, like I kinda look at, um, like I have to acknowledge that things are growing for me. Something that I would love to avoid is like fame. (laughs) I kind of just so dumb. I don't know why I'm here um, doing this, but yeah, I think the lifestyle of living with a certain level of fame looks very not cool to me. Not Mm. cool, but like, I just would not, I wouldn't have fun with that. It's too many people telling me what to do. um, Too many just things you have to worry about. And like, I just don't want that. So I'm kind of like a little bit like, I like where I am right now and I don't want want it to get, Mm. any worse I kind of want to be anonymous but then I think about like okay well damn if things are going to like grow for me and I'm going to continue in this er in this way because I don't want to stop I think I'm like how can I still grow and leave room to grow and for unexpected growth but then not have to be worried about that idea of like too many people know who who I am or whatever um that's made me shift more into like okay well I want to do children's entertainment because kids aren't really annoying like adults will be. And it just feels more anonymous for some reason. Mm -hmm. It feels like they – I have a lot of people already tell me that like their kids watch my work and it resonates with them. And I'm like, I think it's because it's like that's my child mind creating it still. So I think that's something that in the last two years – I've always thought that, but in the last two years I'm like, oh, that's actually a possibility. So maybe I'll chase that. If an opportunity comes, I'm going to go with it. So I think that's like, that would be a really cool, rewarding, successful feeling to like maybe do that side Mm -hmm. of things.
0: You're like climbing the charts to be my my new goals right now. My new inspiration <laughs> for everything. No, no just, goals.
2: Don't have goals. No, no <laughs> right, fine. No goals. Your you're, goals is to have you're no goals. You're cl- temporarily
0: climbing the charts for me, <laughs> um, but for, for even somebody to be like, yeah, you know, like, I don't want fame.
2: Well, well, I mean, it no, just I, but I, me. I, no, I get it,
0: I get it, but I'm just saying, like, you know, you're almost like the the anti-hero of like success in in, in the perfect and beautiful way as well. Um, Just there are people that are out there that are like, I want to be famous. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? That's the definition of success. Nothing wrong with it at all, but like, I vibe with the way that you're saying it. Well, that's also a
2: very, it's like saturated right now because everyone has access to it with social media. I feel like Mm -hmm. literally anyone can be famous overnight for an amazing reason or for a weird reason. But I think that's why I'm like thinking about it more is because this could be an overnight thing. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm, maybe I'm not ready for it. Or maybe I just really don't want it, <laughs> mm. but then it's like, but I, how how do I prevent that? You kind of can't. It's
1: kind of a catch so, twenty two, right? Yeah, because yeah. it's like
2: obviously everything I've ever done my whole life is for other people to see. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm like, what the heck? What do I do with this? Mm.
0: <laughs> and I love that. Realistically, everything that you said in your definition for success is to be able to take more naps. Like that's <laughs> that's really what it comes down to. And I'm like that. Like just not is being amazing. bothered
2: by anyone is a dream. So. Um, Hopefully it can stay like that for a little bit longer. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I I love that.
1: Well, uh, we like to wrap up each episode with a fun little lightning round. So we're going to toss some quick fire questions. Maybe some are not so lightning, but we'll do our best. Here we go. Lightning round three, two, one. What's your favorite cartoon?
2: Rugrats. It's not. I think it's The Simpsons. I don't know. (laughs)
1: Both both great. Both great. (laughs) What is your favorite ice cream flavor? Chocolate. Duh. (laughs) Who is your childhood hero?
2: Um, Frank Woodley is an Australian comedian from Lane Woodley. That's the reason I do everything.
0: When was the last time you cried?
2: Kind of recently because, um, not recently, but like maybe a few weeks ago because um, I possibly have a a thing happening where I'm going (laughs) to be in an exhibit in the biggest art gallery in Australia. And I cried because I was like, that is freaking crazy (laughs) so it's not totally confirmed yet but if that happens that's probably going to be the craziest milestone I never knew could even happen Wow! and I cried because of it
1: that's amazing like just a little tear dead or alive if you can have coffee with somebody who would it be
2: I would have tea Tea. with I I think I would usually say Jim Carrey but I don't know if I'll be able to hold a good enough conversation for him so I'd be like apologetic the whole time (laughs) um yeah, maybe tea with them. Um, oh, God, I'm so lame. I was going to say tea with my bunny. <laughs> 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 I do that every day. Yeah, maybe uh the people that really influenced me, which is uh, Frank Woodley and Colin Lane. Um, I've had the pleasure of connecting with them over the years, and it would be cool to have another cup of tea with them. Not that mm. I've had one. It'd be cool to have a cup. Have a cup, yeah, yeah. yeah. Next question. Wow.
1: Dead or alive, who would you want to collaborate with?
2: Them. And Sesame Street, I thought about that yesterday.
1: Oh, oh yeah, you Sesame posted Street. about that. I yeah, I'm that. like,
2: that'd be so cool.
1: That would be cool. Yeah. What would be a so cool. dream opportunity for you?
2: Um, Based on a, a small taste of it last year, I think um having like a weird sort of art, performance art segment TV show for Nickelodeon because I, I got to do a little bit of that last year mm. and I'm like, I would oh, love to do that more well, maybe this year.
1: That makes sense. Super yeah. cool. Do you have any guilty pleasures or vices?
2: No, because I don't feel guilty about stuff because i feel like everyone's like oh i eat too much chocolate but that is the best time of my life um so yeah i i like reality tv though okay i got into it last year and what specific like i watched the bachelor last year and i'd never Uh, had done that before i
0: haven't watched the bachelor either
2: yeah i mean i'm watching it like laughing at it a little bit but you know
1: got it you seem like you laugh at almost everything
2: well yeah
1: do you laugh at like inappropriate things or things that you feel like you shouldn't laugh at, but like you do? Like Kindra's videos or anything? But, yeah. yeah well, no. <laughs> no,
2: those, are the, those are my top comedy list. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> um, like my biggest comedy inspiration. <laughs> um, I Yeah, I, I probably do. But I, um, yeah, I guess, I'm just going to say yes. Because I don't um, have any other solid, reaction to solid. it, I guess.
1: Um, what is your favorite quality about yourself? <laughs>
2: I don't know. <laughs> um, I like that. I am, am just so content and so happy, and can have a blast hanging out by myself.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. That That's very, so, good. Amazing. So very good. So sad. <laughs> if if you could go back in time and tell yourself, tell your, let's say your your twelve year old self, one piece of advice, what would that be?
2: I I mean, listen. I I'd probably be like you know. At some point, you probably could stretch. But you're still fine without it. So just so you know. Wow. <laughs> like it will catch up to you, but give. it catches yeah. up to everyone, even if they stretch. So I'm like, well. I
1: love it. I love it. Uh, so we love uh, exploring this concept of mastery, the the ability to put in so much time and focus into a single thing, whether that be something grand or something small. But we, we all have the ability to sort of uh, – gain mastery over something. Bruce Lee has this quote. He says, I fear not the man that has practiced 10,000 kicks once, but I fear the man that has practiced one kick 10,000 times. Um, so wow. the concept of just focusing on one thing so much that you gain mastery over it. Is there anything that you feel like you've gained mastery over?
2: <clears throat> no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, that's where I I would feel regretful if I said yes, because then I'm like, nah, there's still so much more to get better at. Um, But however, my another motto I have is, eh, good enough. So I'm not trying to be a master, (laughs) because that's a lot of work. (laughs) And like, it really is good enough to not be a master Mm -hmm. at it.
1: Don't you feel like that's a skill that you've mastered, the ability to do that? Because- Okay. I could I could say so, that I okay. could just be like, yeah, <laughs> okay, like done. I'm just going to be like um, it's good enough, but I don't really believe it if I say it cuz I don't think I've mastered that. I think you really know oh, yeah. how to okay, do that. okay, I have for mastered
2: that. Yeah. But I do definitely realize that that's not um that that's just a personal thing cuz everyone else would be like that is not a skill you should ever try to master, but I did. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey,
0: as long as you did. Plus, in terms of one kick 10,000 times, she might be on like 10,000 hydraulic press videos soon, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it yeah, will be a master of hydraulic was... uh, press Am I, I guess I'm kind of the only
2: person doing it still for some reason. I don't know why. But um, so, I guess I'm still, yeah, I'm the only person there. So, I'm sort of a master of it, I guess. I All absolutely. I'm doing is bending my knees, though. It's not crazy. <laughs>
1: it's it's pretty crazy it's pretty when, crazy. it's
0: like when you're like speed ramping certain things to the right level you are you are kind of and then the details things, right?
1: like i was i was a fan of the avocado the leg out thing. yeah it just it was, pulling like it was blankets
0: just, out of your like gut to make sure the
1: colors match pretty good <laughs> that's
2: pretty <laughs> good that just pretty it's good. lo-fi so it's good enough you know <laughs> good enough good it's enough. Freaking
1: good enough. <laughs> uh smack well thank you so much for coming through and hanging out with us and uh i personally just had a really fun time getting to know you this is the first conversation i think i've ever had with you i yeah. think i ran into you a couple <laughs> times in arts district and things like that and but i personally am super inspired your creativity kind of goes without saying that's all good i mean that's the stuff that like yeah people recognize you for but i think in this conversation what i am personally inspired by is your outlook on life being simple and i think we can be very tempted to overcomplicate things and think a little bit too hard about every little thing where realistically we have no control over most most things you know we yeah. can really only have control over what's right in front of you what happens today is all i have control over i have no idea what tomorrow looks like So for me to worry about tomorrow would actually do nothing but put more harm to me than actual benefit. And I feel like you have this ability to um, not just like uh, simplify things because it's easy. I think it's because you realize that that is the thing that you have the most joy is just being so present with uh, the present thing that's right in front of you that you can just pour all your focus and energy into. I think... So many people, myself, uh, definitely speaking for myself, could very much learn from that. I don't, yeah, I, I can't sense any negativity coming from you. And I don't think that that's like this thing that you're trying to put out. I just think that's what you live. It's cool to receive that. So yeah, I just you, wanted guys. to acknowledge you for that. Thanks yeah. for
2: having me. I'm Absolutely. like, why would you want me <laughs> here? Precisely. So this, this is funny to like get to talk to you guys cause I've never really had proper conversations with you guys. Mm. But obviously, I know who you are.
1: Here we are.
0: See, this is where we do it in this space. Honestly, yeah, like Ben said, your outlook—I think it just personally resonates with me so much. Like I'm actually like <laughs> genuinely inspired by just the way you go about stuff that I, w- I want to adopt a lot more of that. You know, you hear something that's not profound, but it's like simple enough that it's like life-changing. Like you said, it's you profound. know what I mean yeah. in, in yeah. that way. Mm-hmm. And just you—you you have that the—the the way that what I would want more in my life is more of your outlook. That's what I'm like, wow, I'm I'm impressed by. So thank you so much for joining us. I know even your eyebrows right now, you're like,
2: the fuck? Well, I'm like, that's that's my favorite right now. Because I'm worried because you guys have such a good standard of everything. I'm like, okay, well, don't lose that. Like... Don't not care enough to my level you that you're like, people are like, so what like happened this? to his dancing? Like, Yo, right
0: after we talked to <laughs> Smack, for some reason, he just, like, caring, man, man. he just
2: stopped trying. I don't know why it sucks now. <laughs> so I'm sorry if that's what happens.
0: It's like, why did Anthony buy a hydraulic press?
2: Yeah,
1: what <laughs> is he doing? No, no, it's really good. Really good. Is there anything uh, that people should be on the lookout for? Or anything that you would like for people to know about?
2: I don't have any secrets, it's all out there.
1: Okay, where can, people, where can people find you on social and all that?
2: Um, My handle is at SmackMcCreener on all platforms.
1: Well, guys, thank <laughs> you so much for tuning in, uh, for watching and or listening. Thank you so much for stopping by. If you guys are finding this episode by itself, we have a lot more episodes before this. We have amazing guests like Smack. Uh, so feel free to tune in on those episodes. If you're really digging what we're doing, Feel free to hop onto iTunes, leave us that five star rating, write us a review, tag us, follow us on our socials, Kendra's Podcast, Cast with the K. Feel free to screenshot you listening. I love regramming, all of that stuff. And uh, we love you guys. We appreciate y'all. We'll see you on the next one. Peace. Kendra Bang. bang. Remember, no one cares. No one everything's
0: temporary they care a little bit okay everybody oh, cares man. but like people care a little bit All right. okay i'm confused now <laughs>